Spirit. Take your Bibles out and turn to Matthew. Hope you bring your Bibles. It's something we use around here. We've uh, been going in a series of messages called Follow Me. This is our fourth week. We've got a couple of weeks left uh, after this week. <clears throat> I just think it's fair that we who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we who call ourselves believers of Jesus, that we really know what we're saying when we say, I'm a, I'm a follower, I'm a Christian. Like, I think the scripture's really clear on, on what Jesus means when he says, hey, follow me. When he walked up to Matthew's tax collector, he said, hey, follow me. Now, there's just things that go along with it. It's real easy to say those two words, but man, you talk about a phrase that is pregnant with meaning. It's just loaded with, with uh, implications of following Jesus. We've looked at Peter and Andrew, James and John, that day when Jesus was walking by the sea, said, follow me. Gave him a new purpose, man, a new direction in life. We looked at Matthew when he was in the middle of his sin, in the middle of his stuff. He was collecting taxes when Jesus walked up and said, hey, Matthew, follow me. And today we, we move on and... I told, I've been telling you each week the parameters that I kind of set for this series. I, I was looking for the words, follow me. You won't find them in this week's text. But you will find the word, come. And uh, so I'm cheating a little bit this week. But I couldn't not tell this story. It's a sea story. Now listen, I, I've, I've mentioned this before, maybe you've forgotten, but anytime there is in Scripture, check me on this, but when there is a story by the sea or in the sea, I'm telling you, miraculous things are about to happen. Moses walks up by the Red Sea, what happens? The nation, not just a few people, the nation walks through on dry. If you're in the middle of a storm, if you're near a sea in life today, you're a candidate for miraculous things to happen. We looked at a couple of weeks ago. Jesus sent him out on the lake. Remember that? He was exhausted after that sermon on the mount. He climbs in the back of the boat. Jesus falls asleep. Out in the middle of the sea. These fishermen who have been out on the sea a bazillion times are worried they're about to drown. They go back there and they get him. He's, he's like, shh. And it's calm. When you are in the middle of a storm of life, you're a candidate for miraculous things. You're here today and you find yourself in a storm. I need you to buckle up. I need you to hold on because I believe today is a day of encouragement and a day of hope for, for those that are out in the boat, out at sea. And uh, I, you've seen some of my pictures on Facebook of catching fish. Well, this is the animal that takes me out there and, and, uh, you talk about seaworthy. I mean, you talk about something that could take on one-inch waves. I mean, it, this beast, if there's a breeze outside, I'm like, I ain't going. It's too windy today. But today we look at another sea story. We're in Matthew chapter 14. Before we get to, the, to our text, <clears throat> let me ask you a question. Do you remember as a child, I, I think you were a child, 
Do you remember as a child when you learned how to ride a bike? Do you remember the day that and you rode by yourself? See, I don't remember. I know how to ride a bike, but I don't remember that moment. I remember teaching my boys. See, I think there are stages in learning to ride a bike. First stage is this, and it's critical. You know, you can develop an, an idea of how cool you were as a child by this first stage. If you owned, huh? Anybody? Anybody have a big wheel? Uh, you know, you learn that pedaling gets you going. Pedaling is what, so you advance past the three wheels and you move to four wheels and, <coughs> excuse me, training wheels on a bicycle. Anybody remember your first bike that had training wheels? Did it have a banana seat, guys? Huh? Remember those? Kids today, they don't know about that. So you advance from that to what? To two wheels. But either mom or dad are holding the bottom of the seat, right? And they're, they're kind of running behind. And then it happens. The next phase is, is it happens. And you... Like at this stage right here, dad's right behind him, man. He's, you, you got it, you got it, you're doing it. You're doing it, just keep pedaling, keep pedaling, you're doing it. And then without the child knowing, dad does what? Let's go. And the kid, boy, he, he's going and, and I'm doing it, dad, I'm doing it. And then he hears dad way back there. Great job, son. And what happens in the child's mind? Whoa, where did dad go? Boom, crying tears, and we help them back up, right? Or do we go over there and we go, what are you doing stopping pedaling? What are you doing? What? <clears throat> Give me your bike and you go to your room. Is that what we do? No way, man. We dust them off and we say, let's try it again. And we run behind them and we let go. You got it, son. You got it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Today we're in a text that I think a lot of people read it. When they read the response of Jesus, when Peter sinks, we know the story, and, and we'll read it in a second. But when Peter sinks and, and Jesus says, oh, you have little faith, I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians read that text as if Jesus were going, give me your bike and you go to your room, man. In a moment we'll see think that's Jesus' intent at all. Jesus being a man full of grace and full of truth. There's somebody that's probably here today that has fallen over on your bike or you've sank. You took your eyes off Jesus and you're afraid Jesus is about to thump you over the head. And today's a day of, of encouragement and a day of hope for you. So let's look at our text. <clears throat> if, you, if you have your Bibles open, you can look back before verse 22. We can, uh, we can see that John the Baptist has just passed away. Even before that, the, all the parables and, and, and his rejection. And there's just miracle after miracle. And these disciples are watching Jesus. And they're like, hey, I think their faith is growing. They're like, This guy can do anything. And their faith is growing. They're, they're beginning to trust more and more in this man who says, I, I'm he. I'm the one. 
I mean, Kyle mentioned a minute ago, he's about to use a phrase where he connects himself with God. Ego I me, the Greek words, lego my ego. You'll remember that forever now. He says, ego I me, I am. Don't be afraid. So, I mean, this guy is, he's, he's a rock star. His popularity is growing. Crowds are coming. We see right before our text that he feeds 5,000 people. These disciples are watching it and they're going, What can't this guy do? <laughs> wow. So, verse 22. If you'll stand with me as I read this very familiar story. <clears throat> Starting in verse 22, and we'll read through verse 33. 5,000 had just been fed. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. Ego I me. Or I am, as Kyle said. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly. You are the Son of God. Father, we ask this morning that <clears throat> you would teach us even more, that you would be our teacher. Holy Spirit, teach us. Teach us how to trust you when we experience storms of life. Lord, teach us to watch you. Teach us to learn from you. Father, I expect great things this morning as, as, a, as we open your word and its life is breathed into us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, several things I want us to notice before we get to the climax of the story here. Uh, you know, it says that they just fed the 5,000 and, and Jesus said, hey guys, go get in the boat. And, and if you read some of the other gospel accounts, the crowd was so impressed with Jesus, they would kind of want to make him king already. Jesus is like, I mean, I got to get these guys out of here. They're going to think the wrong thing. So, hey, guys, get in the boat, head over to the other side. So off they go. I'll, I'll take care of the crowd. You guys go. Off they go. Jesus finishes up with the crowd. He's exhausted. <coughs> it's been a long day, so he heads up the side of a mountain to be by himself. Something I want you to notice there, because somebody needs to hear this. 
I want you to notice what Jesus does when he's had a long day and he's exhausted. He goes and gets by himself and spends time with God. Are you tired today? Have you had a long week? Have you had long days? And are you tired? Learn, learn from the master for just a second. I, I think it's important that we see that location matters. He went up on a mountainside by himself. So isolation matters just as much. To be alone with God. That's where he found his fuel. That's where he found his nourishment. That's where he was rejuvenated. That's where he was refreshed. And if you're here today and you're tired, you've had a long week, can I just suggest to you, go find a quiet place. Get alone with God. Tell him about your week. Tell him about your frustration. Tell him about some of the good things that happened to you this week and praise him for them. But get alone and get quiet. Spend time with God. That's what he did. Just saying. If you need a model, that's, that's not a bad model. But it says he sent them off. He goes up on the mountainside. When evening came, he was all alone. And then it was the fourth, not fourth watch of the night. You see, the daytime went from 6 a.m., 12 hours, to 6 p.m. And then they divided the night into four watches. It was the Roman way to uh, divide the night. Three-hour shifts from 6 to 9 was the first watch. From 9 to midnight was the second. Midnight to 3, fourth. And then the fourth watch was 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Those boys have been... Going against the wind all night. I wonder if the thought ever entered their mind. Dude, this is so hard. Let's just go back. Let's go back and pick him up. Because he'll do something. He'll, he'll, remember what he did the last time? Shh. And the wind said, this is too hard. Let's go back and get him. Let's give up. Let's. So I give, I give, hey. Good job, men. Things got tough and you didn't give up. You kept on going. He said, go to the other side. You said, we're going to the other side. The wind was beating you all night long. It's 3 o'clock at least in the morning and you're still going. Good job. Somebody probably needs to hear that as well today. You've been beating against the wind all night long. Three or four months. Keep going. I've been beating against this head cold. It's not a cold anymore. I don't even know what it is. This junk in my nasal system starting my sixth week now. <laughs> See how tired I am of people telling me to go home and rest? I don't want to go home and rest. I want to keep, I, I want to, I got things to do. It's probably good advice. But I want to keep going. And today... Somebody needs to keep going because you're tired and you've been beaten against the waves and you just, it, Joel, it never stops. It seems like I'm going into the wind all night long. I'm so tired. I just want to go to sleep. Keep going. If Jesus said, go to the other side of the lake, go to the other side of the lake. Don't give up. Fourth watch, Jesus comes walking on the lake. You know, uh, the superstition of the day said that uh, the sea, because they didn't have scuba gear, right? They didn't have the mask and air tanks to go down and check out. It was unknown what was down there. Superstition of the day would have said that that is the part of the underworld. 
And so they're out in the middle of this lake. You know, I don't think this storm was as bad as the one we saw back there a few, few chapters earlier when those fishermen, professional fishermen, were afraid they were going to drown. This one doesn't give that feel. They were, they were rowing against the wind, but it doesn't give the feel that they were scared to death. Certainly the winds were blowing and the waves were crashing and the mist coming off the waves. And they look up. Anybody familiar with the term country dark? I mean, you're out in the country. All, the only light source there is is either the moon or the stars. It's dark. The waves, the storm, the wind. And I wonder how close he had to be to the boat. How close was he when... When, when they finally, you see that? What, what, what is it? Who is it? It's a ghost. First ghost story, huh? <clears throat> anyway. They're terrified. Now listen. There's some of you in life today that you're out in the middle and you're tired. The storms of life have beat you down. You're mentally and emotionally exhausted. You're beat down. And your mind's starting to play things on you. It's a ghost. And scripture says that immediately Jesus said, hey, take Courage. He gives three statements of encouragement and comfort. Take courage. I am. God is here. Don't be afraid. Friend, today you need to know that God is near. And you need to take courage. His statement, I am, your, your text probably says something like, it is me, it is I. He's making a reference to a very old passage in scripture, the Old Testament. Moses, who should I say is sending me? I am. I mean, it, hey, he's ringing a bell in their heart that they would have been very familiar with. He's making a claim, I am is with you. Don't be afraid. And Peter makes the statement. This is the good part of the story. Peter makes the statement. If, if it's you, Lord, if, I still got a little bit of doubt in here. I've been watching you feed 5,000. I've been watching you do all these other miracles. And dude, you're awesome. I never seen any of this. If it's you, Call me to come walk on the water. And Jesus said the word, come. Now, <coughs> what tone of voice do you hear Jesus saying that with? I tell my dog, Bella, come. Is that how it sounded? Because this is an imperative verb. I looked it up. It's an imperative. I'm not asking you, Peter. Come. Telling you, come. It's where I think Peter's faith 
went to a whole nother level. This is where I think, this is my opinion, check me, you'll see, you weigh it out yourself. This is where Jesus let go of the seat. See, Peter had been riding that bike, Jesus holding on, watching him feed 5,000 people. Now it gets personal. Because it's one thing, and you know this in your own life, you know this, it's one thing to watch and, and witness God do something in someone else's life, and you go, that is awesome. Praise God for that. That is so awesome what God did in your life. But there's some of you that could stand on this stage today and tell of what God has done in your life and how your faith grew when Jesus saw you to the other side of the lake. When Jesus didn't take you out to the middle of the lake and let you drown. He saw you through to the other side. And because of that storm and because of your experience of what God has done in your life, a personal experience, a personal testimony, your faith grew. Come. Peter, come. <coughs> Can you see that? All the guys and all the other guys in the boat going, oh, dude, he just called you out, man. You better go because he called you. You've been running your mouth. Now you better go. And, and okay, be right there. You, you got that buoy ready? You got that life buoy ready? <laughs> Was that how he got out of the boat? Or, or was it, how did he get out of the boat? We don't know. We do know that he got out of the boat. And he started walking. It says it came, he came to Jesus. I don't know how far away he was, but he came to him. He noticed the storm. He noticed the wind. He noticed the waves. And it says he began to sink. Did Peter know how to swim? We assume so. Being a fisherman, I'm, he's probably fallen overboard once or twice. We make that assumption. <clears throat> that moment, he began to sink. He knew he'd messed up. Because when Peter, you guys have a big giant blank place on your page there. This might be one thing you want to jot down. When Peter was Jesus-focused, he walked. When Peter was storm-focused, he sank. The application is easy. In our own lives, it's easy. Some of you are walking, you're in a storm, and you're focused on the storm. And all you can see is the effects of the wind. And they're crashing around you and it's, you're sinking. And today is the day that you need to cry out in the same way that Peter did. Lord, save me. And notice what our Savior did. We use the word save all the time and we think of it, Jesus, will you save me? We think of it as a one-time salvation experience and you can never lose it. Once saved, always saved. We believe that. I teach that. I believe scripture is clear on that. But I, I think this salvation word happens all the time. I think that you and I, 
oftentimes we enter, we enter sometimes small storms, sometimes big storms. And we come to a place of saying, Jesus, I, I can't make it on my own. I need you. Save me. And immediately, he's saved. And today, he's a day that somebody, hey, hey, you're headed in the wrong direction. Stop it. Lift your head up and see that Jesus is near. And call on him today. Call on him. It says that he snatched him up. And here is the gap of time that I want to focus the next few minutes on. The gap between here and back to the boat. We don't ever talk about that. It doesn't tell us anything about it. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Big old Peter, soaking wet, Jesus carried. It's not how Joel's world sees it. I, I don't think that he held onto his hand and drug him through the water. I think he brought him up. And they walked back to the boat. It's Joel's world. My imagination. Now let me ask you a question. Hey, Taylor, will you come up here for a second? Taylor has no idea what I'm about to do. <coughs> I just saw that he was asleep and needed to, to, to bring him up here. So, okay, uh, stand right there. Uh, he just, turn this way, all right. He just grabbed him and, and saved him. Did Jesus do this all the way back to the boat? Will you come here? And, is that how he treated him? No, listen, I'm telling you. I think you can come back because we're going to try something else. Hey, I, I think it's one of those moments like the kid who, who fell over. He, he heard dad back in the background, good job, son. Whoa, whoa, I'm doing it. But, and he fell. And dad comes running over. And I think it's a moment. Of, Taylor, man, you were there. You were there. You were doing it, man. Why did you take, why'd you take your eyes off of me? Then you were there. Hey, check this out. And it's, some, it's just my imagination that they stop for a second and they look over at the boat. And here's. <laughs> Eleven other guys go. Thanks, Taylor. You can go for that. <clears throat> From here. Today, I'm wondering where you are. Life's going on. You're going to leave here in the next hour or so. I'll be done in 45 minutes or so. And have you heard God call you to do something in your life? Has God been asking you to do something? Is God looking at you and going, come, come, I'm not asking you, come, follow me. <clears throat> you relate more with the guys that stayed in the boat or the guy that got out of the boat. Because this is safe, I know we're not going to drown in here, 
This isn't one of those storms like we read a couple of chapters ago that was, man, we're afraid we're going to drown. This is one of those storms. It's safe in here. Peter, what are you doing? Are you crazy getting out there? What generates more fear in your life? Following the call of Jesus? Getting out of the boat? Or staying with your current circumstance by yourself? Do you relate more with the guys in the boat or do you relate with Peter who stepped out? Some of you have taken a step of faith and you're in the middle of it. You're saying, God, I, I, I think this is the direction you're leading me in my life. I think this is what you want me to do. And you're walking. And your eyes are on the Lord and you're following what you believe is the direction he's coming. Some of you may relate with that walk. It's where you are. Some of you may relate with, the, with that moment when Peter says he could see the wind. And you said, Joel, that is amazing. When Peter was Jesus-focused, he was walking, but when he was storm-focused, he was sinking. And Joel, I relate to that moment when my eyes came off of Jesus and noticed the waves. Those two. That's where I'm at. I'm sinking. Joel, you're right, man. Today is the day I need to lift my eyes back up. I need to reach my hand up and say, Jesus, save me. And you need to experience the Savior today again. It says immediately he snatched him up. Or maybe, maybe you think, Joel, I, I, I want that, but man, when I get up here, I'm still afraid. I'm still afraid that he's going he's gonna to be upset with me, that, that I let him down. Church, let me assure you, you were never holding him up. He upholds you with his mighty right hand. And today, man, today, let today be a day of encouragement, a day of hope. Man, I need to come back to Jesus. I need to come back to my Savior and say, Lord, save me. I'm, I'm just focused on all of my circumstances of life. Will you save me? Man, you were there. This statement, you of little faith. He's not, talking to, he's not talking about quality. He's talking about quantity. See, all of Peter's faith has, that's been building in him is things he's been watching people do with other people. But it got personal today. It's like the kid on the bike. And the dad saying, you had it, man. You had it. Just keep pedaling. You had it. You had it. They fell. Next time they got up and off they went, they grew. It was personal. What's happening in your faith today? This walk back to the boat. I want you to hear Jesus saying this. There, man. Just keep trusting me. I know what you're going through is difficult, and I know what you're going through is scary, and it's unknown out here. It's country dark out here. You can't see where you're going, but trust me. I didn't tell you to come out to the middle of the lake so you could drown. I took you out here so that your faith could grow, that you would trust me. We're going to the other side of the lake. I'm going to see you through it. I've got you. I've got you. Beloved, today, 
you're, you're going through indecision about a direction in life, whether you're going through a storm and you're scared to death and you're going, it's a ghost. Be reminded that the Lord is near. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. For those that have come to a point in their life where they stop trusting in their own abilities to make it through life to the other side of the lake, and they've come to a place of saying, you know what, I've got sin in my life. And no doubt, I have sinned like crazy in my life. And if somebody doesn't take care of my sin problem, I'm in trouble. And today I want to share with you some good news. God took care of our sin problem. He sent Jesus, his one and only son, to pay the price, to take the penalty for our sin. You see a verse there at the top of your outline. It comes out of Romans chapter 10. It says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. In other words, in the day that we live in today where color of skin and ethnicity has been brought to the light more than I think any time in my lifetime. Praise be to God that there is no distinction between color of skin. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of, say it, all. Abounding, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And my question for you today if you've never trusted in Jesus, will you call on his name today? Kind of like Peter did in the water, man. Jesus, save me. Will you say that to him today? Will you trust him with your life? Will you recognize the fact that God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, shed his blood to cover our sins, and whosoever will believe in him will not perish, say it with me, but will have everlasting life. Will you trust on Jesus today? Call on his name. You can do it right now. Quietness of your heart. God, I've messed up. I would love to experience forgiveness because I'm sick and tired of the guilt that I walk in. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, will you be my Savior? Will you save me? Will you come and live in my heart? Take control of me. I've made a mess of things. <laughs> Will you come and be my Lord? I trust you with my life. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that you go from being just a creation of God's to a child of God. Part of his family, welcome at his dinner table. And I celebrate that with you if you did that today. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to uh, take a brave step and, and respond in that. But I also want to address a couple other people. Those people that would say today, Joel, I, I'm the guy that's 
taken my eyes off of Jesus, and I've noticed the storm, and I've been distracted. And today's the day I need to come back. I need to come back, and I need to call on my Savior. Is that you today? Don't hesitate another second to call on him. But I also want to talk about, talk to the person that would relate to the people that are still in the boat. Those that would say, man, I wish I'd have thought of that. I wish, I wish I would have stepped out of the boat. I wish I would have done that. I know that Jesus is calling me to do stuff, but man, I'm scared. I feel safer in here, but today I understand that it's safer to be out of the boat with Jesus than it is to be in the boat without him. And today, I'm going to follow that call. I don't know what it is in your life, but Jesus is, has said, come, follow me. Joel, today's the day, man. I'm going I'm to make that commitment. I'm going to go for it. And I need to keep my eyes on Jesus through all of it. Let's pray. Lord, as we <clears throat> come to a time of response, I pray that your spirit would be already at work. That we would learn from this, this wonderful, wonderful story of a a young man, a young person's life who went from their faith, from watching what happens to other people to it being very personal. I don't believe Peter was ever the same. Lord, for the person that's here today that prayed and asked you to come and be Lord and Savior. Pray that today would be a day of renewal, that they would find their hope and their purpose in you, that they would leave this place knowing I'm a child of God now. There are things that are expected of me as one who says I'm following Jesus now. It is expected of me that when I go through the storms of life that I don't pay attention to the waves, I pay attention to what my Lord is doing and where he's leading me. Father, for the person that uh, says today is the day that I need to get out of the boat, would you encourage them, point them, give them direction, Lord, speak clearly to them, pray that they would go find this solitary place and be quiet and be alone with you, and that you would give them direction, prompt them in their heart, use your word to give them direction. But Lord, I praise you for this day, I praise you for what you're doing. Thank you for Peter and his leadership and boldness to be willing to step out. And Lord, as we as a church, as a, as a community of believers, begin getting bold with our faith and, and taking steps, putting cleats in the grass in our neighborhoods around us, that, that we would be willing to go and build bridges. And Lord, we pray that you would build some, some spiritual bridges. That though we may just go and serve felt needs, 
physical needs of people, Lord, we pray that bridges are built, that when the time comes that they have a spiritual need, they would know where to come, that a bridge has been built. Lord, we ask that you set up divine appointments, not only in our neighborhoods around us, but in our workplace and in our homes. Give us great wisdom. I pray all this in your holy name. Amen.